0: Welcome to the Keyscast, the official podcast of Keysler Air Force Base. Each month or so, we'll bring you interesting interviews with people around Keysler about topics that are relevant to you. Welcome to episode six of the Keyscast. Jarek Robbins is a performance coach and motivational speaker who came to Keysler Air Force Base to talk about tools, techniques, and thought processes that can be used to promote success in work and life. We sat down with him to get his take on a number of different issues and to give you a look into his processes.
1: So it's a simple program we put together and it was based on just optimizing human performance and the simple stuff to start on the foundation piece, uh, sleep nutrition exercise. Just really simple things that most of us overlook when we get busy and we tend to just kind of toss to the side because we're so busy. Uh, The example we've always used of, you know, if it's in a wartime scenario and you were captured by the enemy and they really wanted to mess you up mentally, emotionally, and physically, what are the first three things they would take away? Uh, You know, the first is psychological torture. They would keep you awake 24 hours a day, throw buckets of water on you, keep you wide awake, loud music. It, it, It just psychologically breaks you down. Um, You know physically if they tied you up and didn't let you move at all That's a horrible situation and muscle atrophy kicks in your body starts to break down It doesn't perform at the same level if you were to get untied and try to run or something You wouldn't have the same level of performance and and then the third um, I've only seen the movies luckily and I hope no one has to go through it But but they would start to deplete your nutrition and at that point again your body stops performing at a high level And, and in the wartime scenario, we call that torture Uh, but for some reason in day-to-day life, we call it, we slap a badge of honor and call it grinding or hard work or hustling and and the concept is is really looking at that foundation and saying hey how do i make that a priority how do i make sure that i'm filling up and fueling up each and every day to give myself the opportunity to have the energy the mental capacity the resiliency and the emotional strength to go through the day and really perform at my absolute best each and every day so it kind of starts with a foundation and then it goes into other things that help people perform at their best from uh mindfulness happiness um sleep quality how to optimize your sleep Simple little things that keep you at your best uh, All within the program and and my goal nothing more than just to support You you know y'all who support us so much as a country and I I have lots of friends who've gone through the military And we've had our ability to come out and do just small trainings from time to time for for Everyone and I thought it'd be really neat since this is a new program to kind of pass it on and let them have an experience and and see What the experience was Uh, we did a pre-survey and ask people to rate the quality of sleep, their happiness, their productivity, their mindset, all these pieces before. Um, they've gone through the program now. We're gonna wait about a month and then we're gonna send a survey again and see what changed. And my hope is there there might be a small increase in their productivity. There might be a better understanding of what their 20-year vision looks like in the future. Um, hopefully, uh, they, they have better sleep quality and, and they're eating better by that point. Um, Because the numbers came back really good, actually. Uh, They were all sevens, and and for the most part, uh, meal plans, they gave themselves a a six. But following through on their meal plan, they gave themselves a five (laughs) as a group. So (laughs) hopefully there's more consistency on the other end of the program, because it's not only educated them, but hopefully challenged them to really stick to the plan they've created for their life and, and use these tools to really perform at a higher level in all that they do.
0: I thought your presentation was really well done and I, I definitely like that last slide or near the end where you were showing the the three circles with sleep, nutrition, and exercise and comparing that to if somebody else did it to me, if somebody else took these away from me, it'd be torture. But if I do it to myself, like I said, I'm grinding, I'm achieving, I'm you know, I'm pushing past these to succeed. And it really kind of opened my eyes to the idea that why am I torturing myself, you know? And I thought that was interesting uh, because, you know, you obviously you developed this program. Now, uh, is this program, it's not designed just for military, but you've you've given it to other military members. Have you seen uh, is that true? Have you seen any sort of differences And or how would you compare uh, how the military is to sort of the civilian side? Would you compare the two?
1: Sure. Uh, they, they go through the same tr- challenges, same struggles, same challenges. Um, They're pushed, you know, in different ways, depending on what things the civilian person is focused on in their life or business. Uh, I tend to deal with a lot of people who are high performers. So these people are pushing themselves beyond the normal expectation of what most people do. These aren't the nine to five worker kind of guys. These are the people who are up at four in the morning and staying up till four in the morning and and lacking sleep and, you know, skipping meals because they have an important meeting they got to get to. And so the high performer personality tends to get into this situation where they start not doing the little things they know that make the difference. Now, most of them, when you go through these topics, they know what to do. It's not a lack of knowledge. They're not like, oh shoot, I don't know what to eat. For most people, eating healthier, you understand the concept, but the practice of actually doing it is the game changer <laughs> and so that concept becomes how do you have to explain it to someone or invite them to the table to actually get them to do it and a lot of it has to do with accountability so pairing them up with a partner and challenging each other there was a research study done where when an individual joins a fitness gym by themselves they're like 47% likely to follow through as of 30 days later when they join with their spouse they're something like 94% likely to follow through 30 days later because there's an accountability person and they're doing it with them. So on the day when they don't feel like going, their spouse goes, oh, get up, let's go. And they go, oh, fine, and they go. And then the day when their spouse doesn't feel like going, they do the same thing. Come on, let's go, honey. You you got me to go yesterday. Why don't you go today? And they go, okay. And all of a sudden, the the completion rate goes up tremendously because there's someone else holding them accountable. Um, and, and so it's very similar across the board, at least with the clients we deal with, um, which we're lucky to deal with those high performers in, in, in business and other areas of life. And whether it's an athlete, you know, athletic performance, they're high performers. Um, We even have some parents who do the same thing. These are the types of people who are reading, you know, a book a week on the topic and they're trying to figure out how to optimize it. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, that neurosis is a little much and they need to just chill out a little and enjoy the process. But if that's the personality we deal with, we just want to give them the tools, make sure they have them. That's no longer the excuse. Now it's really figuring out what do we have to do to get them consistently in application mode. Uh, And and with the Air Force, we we love to support everything y'all do. So we take time every every so often to just figure out what can we do to give back and and help you guys because you work so hard. And, you know, we we really appreciate you you guys a lot. So thank
0: Thank you. You You know, obviously you've providing this to the Air Force, you've also spoken to Navy and Marines and whatnot. What do you see as the major key difference between your civilian clients and your military clients? And what can military members really take and apply from what you're saying? Is, it, is there something, can they apply it exactly the same way or do you think that they have to apply it differently? How, how do you see sort of the application of your tools and guidance?
1: Sure, so what's interesting in the military, there's structure that exists here that the initial training teaches you how to follow And there's also from what i understand punishment for not following it in 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 a corporate world you know if you don't follow through on something there's kind of like a let's write you up six months from now and we'll check in six months from then and see if you've gotten better and if you haven't we might let you go and and there's such a long process that people can kind of hide in the ranks of a corporation and just do an okay job and get away with it and and so a friend of mine he's a client and friend he used to teach the snipers for the seals and so i asked him i'm like who these guys are are you know amazing from the perception of a civilian like you, you you know our perception is you know these are like superman who comes in and saves the day it's like a combination of iron man and something else they fly in at night and battle the sharks and you know go through the the fire breathing dragon to save the civilian and bring him out and you know all this crazy stuff you hear about and, and, and to an extent, parts of it are true, but parts of it aren't. And and what's really interesting is I asked him, I said, "Are you know, I would think since you're a SEAL and you have this company that you, you hire like all SEALs, all the people you know. And he goes, actually, I don't. And I was like, really? Why? And he says, because there's a weird transition that happens to a lot of them, not all of them where when they go from a place where there's structures and rules and ways to succeed that if you follow it, you win. And they go from that place and all of a sudden they transition to a place where no one's holding them accountable to uphold that standard. They're not held to that any longer. A lot of them let it go. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. And he goes and they, you know, some of them turn into knuckleheads. And he goes, it it doesn't help, it doesn't work. He says, for the ones who are able to take the same structure and accountability that they've been held to and bring that with them across the bridge into the civilian world, those people excel extraordinarily well because they have a a standard that they live by that very few people in the civilian world have because most people don't have that kind of standard in their day-to-day life. They're not holding themselves accountable to show up and freaking deliver. They don't say, you know, when we're gonna get the result by Friday, they go okay I'll try (laughs) and then three Fridays they finally get it and go see it finally worked where where there's different standards here from from an outside perspective that you see where someone says it's done by Friday it's done by Friday and and you know lives are on the line and it matters and people get stuff done and so it's something I wildly respect about what y'all do and and sometimes you know I've heard feedback of it's not that fun to go through that process. It can be taxing or or intense at times, but there's something beautiful. If you allow that standard to become part of your DNA and you take it with you from this point forward, if and when you transition to the civilian world, you'll excel far beyond most people. The other thing that happens is you're used to having someone you ask for something and it's done like they said. Now all of a sudden you go into the civilian world, you start a business, you hire a few people, and you say, hey, can you get this done by Friday? They say, no problem. Friday comes around, they're nowhere to be found. You go, where the heck is it? Why isn't it done yet? And all of a sudden the realization that most people don't live up to the same standard is an eye-opener for a lot of people in the transition because they're so used to people that when you say it's done, it's done, and you can count on the person to your right and the person to your left to actually get it done. And all of a sudden, you go into civilian world. You ask for something to get done. They say, "Of course, I'm going to get it done." And then, in Friday comes, and there's nothing done, and it's a wake-up call. It's like, "Oh shoot!" And then, you know, it creates a little bit of friction. People people don't necessarily like people that that happens, <laughs> and, then, and then you start to hear stories of people are lazy, and people don't follow through, and people are liars. And, and the truth is, they've just never been upheld to the standard in the same way that that some of you have. And, and so bringing that with you and figuring out, you know, what kind of, if, if you start a business or are in a business, what kind of training do you have to put in f- place for your team or new team you're hiring or building or creating or helping manage or run? What kind of training do you need to actually get them up to pace so that they start upholding a standard like that? And it might not be the same, but you can start to nudge it to become similar that it was. And all of a sudden you'll have a high performance team at that point.
0: You know, this conference that you just had, this this speech you gave, uh, was the end was the culmination of the the 4 week online training program how does the the training program you provide and this sort of conference here tie together and for the people who are maybe listening to this podcast who didn't take part in the training program, didn't attend your conference, what are sort of the Cliff Notes version of what you know what the average person going through the training program would have get? What can they get out of it just by listening to this podcast?
1: Sure. Um, so there's a couple things, and, and I'll work from the very end backwards. So the last one we talk about happiness, and and the fun part when you talk about the topic of happiness, um, you know, it used to be uh, people in the hills chanting at. at you know, monasteries, finding happiness and joy, and it was this elusive thing that few people could find, but if you could find it, or, you know, if you go to a village in a remote part of the world, these people who are poor and don't have anything, but they're so happy, they have found happiness somehow. And it's this elusive thing we're all hunting for, but no one knows the scientific way to actually get there, a repeatable process that leads to happiness. And so at the end of the program, we talk about how to boost your happiness. And what's fun is there's a book written by a gentleman named Sean Aker from Harvard, where they studied happiness, and they broke it down into a formula of tasks you can do daily, that boost your overall happiness and satisfaction with life. So if you're listening, here's a few of them. Number one, um, random acts of kindness. and and it has to be random. It's not a premeditated act of kindness. (laughs) It's a random act of kindness, meaning you hunt throughout the day for something you can do that's kind for someone else, and then you step up and deliver when you see the opportunity. You'll feel butterflies in your stomach, your palms might get a little sweaty, you'll feel a little nervous in the process, and all that's happening is you're setting off A chemical cascade in your body that's releasing oxytocin it's releasing dopamine it's releasing serotonin and the chemicals are rebalancing the quote unquote happiness from the inside out now what's neat about the random act of kindness the person delivering it gets the kick of all those chemicals the person receiving it gets the kick of all the chemicals and anyone who observes it also gets the kick of all the chemicals so it's kind of a trifecta there of all three people are getting the benefit it's why if you watch a YouTube video where they do something really kind for strangers and surprise them and it's really beautiful you'll find a little tear or get choked up because you're getting all the same chemical kick as all the people in the video just by watching it months later. So that's one. Um, two, exercise. Simple thing you can do every day, boost endorphins. Uh, speaking of endorphins, watch 10 minutes of something hilarious every day. My wife and I make it make it a point. Uh, we found this stupid TV show that's hilarious um, called, what in the world is the show called? Practical. Practical Jokers. Four best friends who do stuff to embarrass each other and joke. It's so ridiculous, but it's funny. And so we watch 10 minutes a day of it just to get laughter in our body. And what's silly is just the laughter, cascade of emotions and and not only the emotions, but all the the chemicals, the endorphins kick in. Dr. Norman Cousins was someone who pioneered the concept of healing through laughter. So there's all kinds of medical research showing laughter heals, reduces stress, makes you sleep better, all kinds of good stuff. And so number one, random act of kindness. Number two, uh, workout. Number three, laughter spending 10 minutes a day doing something that just makes you laugh, like big old deep belly laughs. So those things could produce happiness. From happiness, we talk about peer group. You know, how do you really line up a peer group to help you continually expand who you are as a person to demand more of you every day? And so one thing, uh, how you designate who's in your peer group. You wanna find someone who's maybe five steps ahead of you on the journey that you're going so you can learn from them. You wanna find people at the exact same moment of the journey so you can share with them what's working and what's not and kinda of share tactics and tools. And then you wanna find someone who's maybe five steps behind you that you can show what worked to get where you are. And it's the concept of learning from the people ahead of you, living it with the people at the same pace and, and you know, giving, sharing with the people who step behind you. And the concept of how do you identify people in those three places And then how do you engage? You know, what's a great way to communicate with them and network with them? And lots of people have been taught in networking capacity to say, how can I add value to your life? Which sounds like a very pleasant and and kind question. The problem is you're now tasking the other person with figuring it out, who's usually already busy. So if someone came to me like, how can I add value to you? I'm like, shit, I don't know. What are you good at? I don't know you. (laughs) Now I have to go to work to figure it out. Versus I say, you know, a a simple concept I learned from a good friend of mine. Uh, This was a $10 million transaction he figured out with this process. He really liked the Jim Jim Cramer show, the guy who rings the bell on TV with stocks. He liked it. He's like, I want to meet that guy. I want to learn from him because he was interested in stock trading. So he sat down, he read every blog on the blog, he watched the show for a month straight, he just looked and he said, I'm gonna create 10 ways I think the show could be better. He said, specifically, I wanna come up with 10 topics I wish they would blog about because I would like to read them. He wrote out the topics, he says, better yet, I'm gonna research what are the best titles for these topics that would get the highest keyword ranking in search on the internet. He wrote out the sample titles. He said, I'm also gonna do the research of what kind of information I wish they would talk about. Pulled the sources, did the information. He you know, put 10 of them together, emailed them in. He got an email back 20 minutes later from Jim saying, hey, can we hire you to write these for us? He's like, no way. He said, of course, I'm in. He ended up writing the blogs while he was there, part of the team. He looked around and said, hey, what's 10 ways I could make this whole show and team better? He said, hey, there's a piece of technology that's missing, an app that I think could be made. He came up with the idea. He paid for it himself to have it made. He brought it back and showed Jim. Jim bought it from him from 10 million bucks. Wow. So the concept of wanting to network with someone who was is five steps ahead of him in the process of stocks, in his mind, the ability to look at 10 things he could do to make it better, and he did the homework. He, he prepared, he delivered, and he delivered with no expectation. They could have just hit delete and said, I don't know what that is. It's trash. Instead, they engaged, allowed him to connect and make a relationship. While he was there, he looked for 10 ways to make it better. He actually delivered on it, not just Oh, here's an idea. He went and did the work, he made it, he created it, he paid for it, he showed it to him, bam $10 million relationship, all based on finding a way to show up and deliver, but purposely doing it from the beginning of identifying that person, and then coming up with a real true solution of value he could bring to the table. So these kinds of things are in the course, how to build the peer group, how to have more happiness, mindfulness. um, There's a lot more in there too.
0: Great, great. Well, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, You know, obviously you've been doing motivational speaking for over a decade, you've done it. You've spoken to thousands of groups and you know, people may not know that you're the the son of Tony Robbins. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what drove you to be a motivational speaker?
1: Um, So it's interesting. you know, when I started off, a lot of people were like, oh, you do what your dad does. I'm like, kind of. <laughs> we have two really different life experiences. Um, and, and, and mine has been a true blessing because of all the hard work he put in. Uh, but when he started, you know, he was homeless, living in the back of a car at 16 years old, trying to figure out what to do with his life. And when I started, I started off in a whole different situation because of his hard work. And, and so we have very different experiences, very different paths, very different outlooks and views of life. A lot of them are similar. Uh, but different, just because our lives have been different. So, um, with that, how I kind of chose this career was I was working in nonprofit sector. Uh, so I was working at our family's nonprofit organization. That was my my first real job. My job before that was security at Blockbuster Video. I guess I was big and scary looking as a teenager. <laughs> um, so my first real job was in the nonprofit. Now just running errands, doing whatever they needed, and just working hard there. And I remember loving being able to focus on helping people every day. But not liking the paycheck that came with it, I was like, "Helping people every day is amazing. This paycheck sucks in the nonprofit world." I'm like, "Why do we get paid so little? We do such good things in the world." And so I started hunting for other career opportunities that had a better earning opportunity with it. And and you know, speaking is part of our job. My, my main focus every day is coaching. So one-on-one performance coaching with executives and individuals who are looking for high performance, that's kind of my daily job. Speaking is just a fun way we kind of share it with more people um, and get it out into the world. Uh, But but coaching was something where I was like, wow. I went across the hallway into another department of the office and I observed what they were doing and I said, you know, what do these guys do? They're "They're coaches. I'm like, what the heck is that? What does that mean? Like athletes? And they're like, no, 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 people like business owners, professionals, students. Uh, And I was like, wow. I was like, what do they coach them on? And they're like, life? I'm like, that's interesting, a life coach, cool. And I was like, tell me more, like, how does that work? And they're like, well, it's not really a life coach. Like, we don't just talk about like, hey, how's your health? How's your mind? Like, we we figure out what does it take to them to perform at their best. And then we hold them accountable to it. And we really nudge them and keep them consistent in action. I was like, that's cool. And then I, you know, I looked at the paycheck comparably and it was much better. And I was like, well, this is a good option. Because the combination was I get to focus on helping people every single day be happier healthier stronger more fulfilled in everything they're doing and to me that's still the big hard admission uh which came with a better paycheck than the nonprofit. and all of a sudden it looked like a match to me and and so it's been a privilege i've done that now for 16 years um it it started really young and and it's been a journey i've had the ability to coach lots of people through every type of experience i could imagine uh the group on on base that had the the diamond i I felt a very close relationship to them because a lot of the stuff they hear every day is the same thing i hear from clients (laughs) you you know the phone rings they say hey i got an emergency can we chat and and you never know what's about to come out of their mouth next. And, and just like they said, it's not about having all the solutions, but it's about being there to support someone when they really need you, being there to challenge them to show up at their best and really call them out when they're not giving their all, and then being able to, to really hold them accountable to be consistent in that. And it, it's, it's, wild. It's, it's you know a great privilege to be able to help people achieve everything that they're going after in life in the process. Um, that's kind of our day job. The other thing my wife and I do, uh, she's really great at starting businesses. She started like three or four in the last year. Um, so we have online uh, t-shirt shops and online swag gear from that creates motivational posters and all stuff like that we sell all over the world. Um, we have a coach training university where we train other coaches how to do it. I started to overflow with clients and not being able to get to all of them myself. So we created a platform to train other coaches on how to coach so we can kind of offload clients to them and have them help. Um, We have a a thing we call rapid results retreat where we our first one was a 25 day 10 country retreat we took people on a a ship through Central and South America. And and in that we mix tourism, volunteerism, and and adventure together, and then personal growth. So on board, in between stops, we work on our vision and mission and values and rules and plans and all that jazz. And in country, uh, we go on adventures like we did um, Volcano boarding where we hiked up a volcano in Nicaragua And then we took sleds and snowboarded or sled down the side It takes about an hour and a half to get up and 45 seconds to get down. It's pretty fun It's an active volcano, which also makes it crazy. Uh, if you dig about three inches d- deep with your hand It's burning hot. So probably not the smartest thing in the world, but it's a lot of fun uh, th- Then we also partnered with the mayor of Manta Ecuador and we brought Christmas to 200 families who couldn't afford it so we, we, we kind of blend all those things together and take people on fun trips where all three, you know, elements are present.
0: So you had an opportunity to visit Keesler today and see all the different aspects of the base. And one of the things you mentioned kind of struck me, and I want to make sure we brought it up, you know, you mentioned continuum of learning. So continuum of learning is a concept that is, is very near and dear to Keesler and also Air Education and Training Command. And you you mentioned how you saw something that kind of correlated to what you you know, teach, and also correlate to the continuum of learning. And I'm hoping you can kind of, you know, relay what you talked about there during the, the speech.
1: Absolutely. I, I don't remember what specific part.
0: So you were saying basically that you know airmen have the opportunity to advance at the speed at which they can advance. And I thought that was interesting. You know, and you kind of correlated that to your sort of, you know, don't don't let yourself be be limited if you're ready to go, go to the next step.
1: It was beautiful what we saw today. Um, that that concept of the, the module-based learning that as soon as you can go at your own pace, you can get it done as fast as you want, and as soon as you're done with it, move on to the next thing. Um, I, I think it's amazing that you all have set that up. Uh, it, it, it's wild how the education system in, isn't set up that way, and I think it's what causes a lot of really, really smart people to get bored, to get distracted, to go do other stuff, because they're already ahead of the curve that literally, if you let them go at their pace, they, they'd finish a 30 day course in 15 days and be ready for the next one because they've got it. They can go much quicker than most. And so, you know, to hold those people back just because that's the pace in which we're normally supposed to teach it, I don't think is fair to those students. You know, let them excel, let them, let them go bananas and mow through these things. As long as they really can perform on the other side, let them do it. And then the person who need more time, no problem, take your time go through it just you know here's an end deadline figure out what has to happen you got to do weekends to catch up go for it but at, at that at your own pace is, is a really beautiful concept I, I think you know I wish it would have been in school when I was in college because that would have been nice <laughs> uh, to have that and then the, the constant and never-ending improvement process um, it's just something I learned at a very young age from my dad the, the concept of sitting down and saying hey you know if, if, if you want to become the best version of yourself. It's about constant and never ending improvement, hunting for what other area of your life could you possibly make better and how could you go about doing that and then going and learning. And, and you know the, the education platforms you have on base to learn more skills and acquire more abilities to become leaders or, or you know, to take on different tasks is, is amazing. And you have the locus of control where you can choose to go and educate yourself more personally or professionally. It, it's a great, great opportunity.
0: Another concept that you brought up that I really thought was really something that I can relate to from my time being in the military and I think a lot of military members can relate to is, you know, falling in love with hard work, falling in love with your job. You know, you may not have a job that's glamorous or, you know, the the top of the top. You're doing something maybe at the ground level, but to, to fall in love with that job and, and it's put yourself in a certain mindset. Can you talk to that a little bit in, in terms of what, you know, how can airmen sort of um, correlate that?
1: Yeah, this this is a game changer, especially for younger people for some reason. The, um, maybe the older generation just doesn't voice it as much, but for some reason there's a younger generation that based on how we grew up, what's been going on in the history, what we've been taught – Um, Lots of parents, you know, grew up at a point where their parents were hard on them and they were taught things that kind of, you know, beat down their self-esteem. And so there's a lot of parents who picked up on the positive psychology of telling their kids, you're wonderful, you can do anything, anything's possible, believe in yourself, which is awesome. Love all of it. The challenge that it creates is when you get put in a job or an opportunity or or your tasks with doing something that doesn't fit into your beautiful, perfect, awesome, amazing, you know, plan. Uh, we tend to dismiss the task and think we're better than it, to think we're, we're more educated than this and smarter than this and more talented than this, and why am I doing this dumb thing? And so I talked about a time in my life where my dad gave me a challenge. He said, hey, you know, you grew up in Southern California and as hard of work as you think you've done being security at Blockbuster Video, you know, I, I wanna make sure you know what real hard work is. And, and he said, so you don't have to do it, but I'm gonna invite you to do it. And he, think, he said, I think it'll give you a life skill that a lot of young people today don't really have as much. Um, not everywhere, but especially in Southern California. So he invited me up to, to Canada and in, in Vancouver to go stack lumber for three months at my step-grandfather's lumber yard. And it's just hard labor. You know, you pick up a piece of wood and, and it could be a you know 12-foot beam. And there's a guy on the other side, you both lift it up, you slowly walk it over, and then you set it down. And then you go back to the pile, you lift up the next one, you move it over, set it down. And that's all you do all day. Just pick it up, move it over, set it down, pick it up, move it over, set it down. And in the beginning, uh, you know, there was this energy inside of me to prove them wrong, to show that my grandpa and my my dad and my uncle that I could do it and I was a man and I would make it. Uh, and halfway through, I thought I was really dumb for signing up for this. I was like, what, how stupid are you? Like, why would you do this? <laughs> I could have an internship at a great career opportunity place, or I could be doing something to make money, or I could be having fun with my friends. Why did I sign up for this? And I don't know if you ever hit that point in your career, but I did at that moment in this opportunity. And I remember, you know, hearing all these thoughts that flooded my mind. I'm better than this. I'm smarter than this. I'm more talented than this. I should be getting paid more than this. It's just a lot of entitlement thoughts. And I remember having to sit down, look myself in the mirror and and say, you know, who the hell do you think you are? If in my belief system, if God gave you this opportunity, maximize it, optimize it, figure out how you can be the best at it. And I remember looking around and I said, if I were to rate my performance at this time, I am not the best person on this lumber team right now. There's other people working harder than me. I said, for me to downgrade or belittle this opportunity when I'm not even performing the best at it, dude, I'm really slacking and and this mindset is not going to help. So I started to challenge myself. How can I become the best at this? How can I become the hardest working man on this team right now? How can I outperform everybody else? How can I, you know, if I can figure out how to perform at my best stacking wood, I can figure out how to perform at my best doing whatever else life is going to throw at me down the road. I said, and how do I fall in love with this? Because there's going to be times in life, if you want to take care of your family, if you want to be able to provide for the ones you love, there's going to be times in life where life throws you a curveball and you might have to go take three jobs like that and work every morning and every night just to be able to pay the bills and feed the ones you love. And if that's the case, I better learn how to fall in love with this process now so that if life ever throws that curveball at me, I will be able to step up to the plate and deliver for the ones I really care about. So I gave myself that challenge and that meaning behind it, and then I went to work, and I, and I pushed myself every single day harder mentally, physically, and emotionally than I ever had before, and I challenged myself to figure out how in the world I could fall in love with this process of just stacking wood every day. It was mind-numbing, it was boring. No one spoke English on the team, so I had no one to talk to. And it was just me kinda in my own little universe there. And so I switched two things, which is perception, how I mentally perceived what it is I was doing, and procedure, how I physically went about it. And and so, you know, the, the mental side, I started looking at it and I started asking, what else could this be? You know, instead of just moving wood, what else could it be? And I, I looked at it from a bunch of different angles and came up with, you know, this could be a gym. This could be a squat, this could be a lunge, this could be a back fly, this could be a bicep curl. I was like, I like to work out. Wow, what if I told myself I'm getting paid to work out? That's totally different than this stupid job I have to do. That's a totally different story. So I'm like, if I change the story, that would change how I felt. I said, what if about I change how I physically went about it? So I actually did the back fly or the bicep curl or the lunge or the squat. I was like, that that feels pretty cool. Now I go home sore in specific places because I worked out that body part today. And then I felt strong the next day. I'm like, this is cool. And all of a sudden I fell in love with it. And it was was something interesting and exciting to do every day instead of something dreadful and annoying to do every day. And all that really changes perception and procedure. So easy challenge for everyone listening. If there's some part of what you do every day that you don't love. and, And like I said, you might like most of it, but there might be a part of it that you don't necessarily love challenge yourself. How can you shift your perception about it to fall in love with it? And how can you shift your procedure? And I'll tell you one other story real quick that I talked about. Um, I was sweeping the floor the other day in the kitchen. Friend came over, he's in real estate. He walked in, he goes, why are you sweeping the floor? Shouldn't you hire someone to do that? I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you should be doing the stuff that makes the most money for your business, right? Why are you doing something you could pay someone, t- you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks an hour for? Why, why are you doing the, the labor when you could be doing the money-making activity? And I said, okay, if I go do the money-making activity, what's that lead to? And he's like, well, you'll make more money. I said, and then what? And then he said, you know, fast forward, eventually you make enough money that you can finally retire and sit back and just enjoy your life. And I started laughing. And I said, if I can't enjoy sweeping the floor, what do you think, Make, like, what makes you think I'm gonna enjoy everything you just described? And he goes, well, it's not about enjoying the journey, it's about enjoying the end result. And I said, okay, so listen clearly. Think about this, if I could enjoy sleeping, sweeping the floor, I could probably enjoy everything you just described, which means I get to enjoy every part of the journey. So the big question became, how do I fall in love and enjoy even the simplest of tasks like sweeping the floor? And, it, and when that became the opportunity, all of a sudden, everything became enjoyable. So going back to that, that piece in the summer, the second half of it was awesome. I challenged myself every day to fall in love with it, to figure out how to really enjoy the process. And so, I don't know, maybe someone who's listening, you're in the part of your career where you've hit something or been tasked with the duty or a mission that you don't like. It annoys you, ticks you off, frustrates you, causes you to get pissed off and go home going, oh, why am I so dumb? Why did I sign up for this stupid thing? Why did I get assigned that? Now, whatever that is, challenge yourself. Figure out how to fall in love with the simple process of it. Figure out how to really challenge yourself to enjoy the, the procedure and the perception of it. Shift your perception to a, a, a one that you the story you tell yourself causes you to engage every day and be at your best. And then challenge yourself to become the absolute best person that's ever done this specific duty. And, and when, if and when you do that, you'll have a radically different experience every day than whatever you're dealing with right now if you're frustrated or not liking what you're doing.
0: I love the concept of perception because I think that can really be a huge item in your day that you, know, you can control, that can totally change your mindset. I actually apply a perception to, to one of my aspects is that you know, most people see their favorite day of the week as like Friday or Saturday. My favorite day of the week is Monday because you know, I see it as a fresh start. You know the, the slate is wiped clean, you've got a whole new week ahead of you. On top of that, if I'm looking forward to Monday, I enjoy Sunday that much more. I'm not going into the Sunday afternoon thinking, oh, jeez, I got to go to work on Monday. Oh, and just ruining my Sunday. I'm looking like, yeah, all right, Monday is am enjoying. I can enjoy Sunday. Yes. So I, that's that's how I use perception in sort of my way to just kind of get myself going and get myself through the week and, and whatnot and enjoying, you know, again, the start of the week that much more. Jarek, is there anything else you'd like to add that, you know, we haven't talked about that you want to get our listeners to take with them?
1: Sure. I mean, the simplest thing is just a philosophy we live by. Um, you know, there's two things we try to do every day as a company and, and as individuals. Number one is reach the people that need us most with the message they need at the moment they need it. So we made it really simple to win as an organization. Our goal every day is to reach one person that needed our message. We don't know who they are, where they are, what they're going through or what's happening in their world or life at that point. But, but based on all our social media and all the things we do to push information out into the world, our goal is that it hits someone and they go, wow, that's exactly what I needed today." that's it. And that's our, that's our victory each and every day. So hopefully this will reach someone who needs it. Um, and and the, the, the other kind of credo we have is learn it, live it, give it. So if you're listening to this, my challenge to you is go out and learn what it takes to live the life you really want to live. Uh, live it fully. Li- live it in, in a point where, where every single day you turn that vision into reality and you get to enjoy whatever it is you dreamed up. And once you figure out how to make that in the reality, find a way to give it, pay it forward to others and share with them what worked um, not as the five golden pillars of how life should be for everyone, but more or less of, hey, this worked for me. It helped me turn you know, my dream into reality. If it works for you, use it. If it doesn't, toss it. But but I hope it's useful, and I'm just kind of passing it forward to others to give them a chance at hopefully either catching up or passing me on the journey.
0: Great. Thanks so much for your time, Jarek. Is there any place you would like people to go to learn more about you or your philosophy or the, the teachings that you have?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, you can find me at jarekrobbins.com. It's J-A-I-R-E-K-R-O-B-B-I-N-S.com. Um, find me on Instagram. I'm on it every day, throwing good messages. At least I think they're good into the world. <laughs> uh, positive thoughts, inspiring things that can keep people focused and, and driven. So find us on Instagram, find us on YouTube, Facebook. Yeah, we're all over.
0: Great. Thanks so much for your time, Jarek. Have a great day. And thank you for visiting uh, Keesler Air Force Base.
1: Thank you so much for, for having me. And thank you everyone for listening and sharing a little life with us.